0: You're listening to Rosie on the House. As we head on around back, it is our outdoor living hour, 8 o'clock, third Saturday of the month. We have Jay Harper with the Farm's Choice in studio with us on, a, I think it's going to be a pretty clear sky day. We had Dr. Sky in last hour. and You know, I was... Yeah,
1: you know, it's hard to do gardening after that. My head hurts. <laughs>
0: Well, what I was going to ask you—I'm is- I'm glad gardening's not that complicated. <laughs>
2: what, what what's above a million is is a billion. Yeah. And above a billion is it's a trillion. trillion. Right. What go? What comes next? Don't know.
0: I've looked it up. Gazillion. Before, but I never remember.
2: <laughs> if our national debt keeps going the way it's going, well, we'll all. That's what I thought we, he was talking well, about. Yeah. Right. Right. It's the only enough. it's the only time you talk numbers that big. Yeah.
1: You know. Billion here, billion there. Pretty soon you got real money, right?
0: (laughs) Easy to spend when it's not yours.
1: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So
0: (laughs) the question that I've been waiting all week to ask, because we had an incredible full moon this month, and we've been doing some planting, and the Farmer's Almanac has a lot of planting by moon phases. Have you ever experimented with that?
1: we we had a, a general manager that that's the only way he would even even on our greenhouse crops if we were sowing seeds or doing transplants it was he you know he went by that solely uh, successful so whether that was just coincidence cuz it was a good time of year to do it anyway i don't know but i i personally have never really paid that much attention to it but um
0: and i haven't either because i have found that my schedule for planting is not very convenient i kind of have to
1: to do it when i got time to do (laughs) it you know yeah so you know that just you know it is what it is so if i'm gonna do it it's you know i've got it planned and that you know the the moon phase be what it may
0: i don't think i could call into work and say sorry i can't come in today because the moon phase and i have to plant my when
1: that would be an excuse that most HR people would have never heard. <laughs> Grandpa died again. My cousin's in the hospital. You know, the dog ate my homework stuff, but the moon phase thing. I'd, you ought know, to try that out. I see you sometime.
0: could double it up with fishing. We're not, you know, Lake Pleasant's less than an hour away from us, and I know a lot of people fish by moon phases. You know what? The moon's at the right place in the sky. I got a plant and fish today. Can't that, come into work. That's
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll have to give that a whirl. Uh, the <laughs> my,
0: my office space might be cleared out for me the next day when I came in. <laughs> yeah,
1: all the guys that own businesses are just now going, oh, no, you just gave them another reason to not come to work. <laughs>
0: oh, and there's so many in Arizona. It's such a beautiful state and a beautiful time of the year, and, we, you know, it's it's. There's still plenty. It's a little late, but there's still plenty that we can plant in our gardens if we haven't even got it started yet.
1: Well, you can you can uh, you know, I... keep the th- the nice thing about our our winter vegetable season is that you can just keep rotating or replanting. The, you know, so if you you've kind of used up all your spinach or chard or lettuce, you just plant another row of it. You know, you've got plenty of time to get a couple more uh, crops of that stuff in. So. My yeah. most
0: successful garden to date was planted between Thanksgiving and Christmas.
1: Yeah, yeah. There you go. I mean, it's going to be seventy degrees today, <laughs> so um, maybe you know, you can...
0: maybe that's why I spent more time just out enjoying the, the weather and, and more time on the garden than any other time. That's that might have been it.
1: Well, there's no doubt; it's a lot more fun to garden this time of year <laughs> than it is when it's 110 and in fact I you know it just almost discourage people from worrying about much in their garden in the summertime you know it's there's not that many things that really are going to do well you know if you're consuming a lot of water just to you know struggle through it maybe it's just give it a break and uh, hit it in the fall again so you know once you've plant once you've picked that last tomato or zucchini of uh, you know about the middle of July You know, hang it up, go on vacation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's where all your canning comes into place. If you have a proper harvest, you know, your canned goods will last you through until your next planting season. Right,
1: right. Yeah, you can't do everything year round. I mean, the people up north are under a foot of snow. They don't try and, you know, find ways to grow stuff. They've canned it or put it away or they just have to rely on what's available in the market. You know, and luckily these days there are, there are a lot more good options with greenhouse grown stuff and things you can buy that are vine ripened that, uh, that weren't available before. So it's a, it's, it's a great opportunity to, to uh, be able to, to use uh, uh, fresh vegetables just year round, you know, whether they're in season in your area or not.
0: If you'd like to join the conversation or ask a question about your landscape or garden, 188-767-4348. That's 1888 Rosie for you. Text can be sent to four one one nine two three, or you can snap a picture and email it to info at rosieonthehouse.com if you'd like a little help with some plant or insect
2: identification. I'm I'm uh, nurse, if you don't mind me interrupting your outdoor living hour. Most of you know I'm not known for my gardening. My gardening tools really constitute a flamethrower and a chainsaw. But um, convalescing and recovering from uh, the crash, I had lots of time to get really, really bored. So to eat that up.
1: Are you saying gardening's boring? No, (laughs) I'm not.
2: I went outside and I just churned up the soil. I got the, the Harper's soil uh admixture formula dumped it in there and i planted a garden it was just a matter of never having enough time yeah i need recipes i finally found something rosie romero can grow john jay i've got the most unbelievable crop of arugula you could ever imagine oh there you go and i've only got one recipe (laughs) (laughs) i need rosie's in desperate need of arugula recipes
1: Something tells or, me you're about to be inundated. With.
2: Oh, man, I need them bad. <laughs> or just find
0: everyone in the neighborhood that has a turtle and, and start selling it.
2: I I just go out in the backyard and look at my garden and I giggle. That's the first time it's been green.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I think just a bed of arugula with a with little salad dressing or lemon on it and there you go. It's pretty not too bad. Okay. Or you could take some eggs, hard-boiled eggs and... Uh, Cut them up and put them on top of that.
2: Okay, well, boy, I got lots of it.
1: All right, I've never tried uh, wilting that, wilting arugula like spinach, and uh, you might try that. It's got a little spicy, you know, flavor to it. Yeah, A little sausage with. Uh, we'll come up with some stuff: sausage and mushrooms and wilted arugula in a skillet. How's that?
2: Uh, I I planted it for one reason: the best Cornish game hen or quail I've ever eaten. Or dusted in a pecan flour, deep fried, laid on top of a bed of arugula with a molasses gravy syrup. Mm. I tell you, you, you slap your mama
1: for That's a second <laughs> helping. <healthy. laughs> that sounds pretty darn good. <laughs> oh, All right, let's give that a whirl. And then we've got. This
0: is the last broadcast before Christmas. Uh, plants are a big part of our uh, absolutely s- holiday season obviously Christmas trees. But, you know, if you're new to Arizona, maybe you've never seen a Christmas cactus. All the nurseries uh, are supplying them. And then you have poinsettias. They're very popular. And I don't know, how did something so tropical become so tied into the well, winter I think it's just the, It's just
1: the color. You know, it's red. The foliage turns bright red. So, you know, it's good Christmas color. And not being a lot of, in a lot of parts of the country, color right now is is white or gray you know (laughs) Uh, so if you've got a good a really brightly foliaged red leafed plant that will brighten up your your decor it's uh of course you know very striking uh over the years they've developed lots of other colors of poinsettias uh, from white to pink to multicolored, and so that you know there's all kinds of options there, too. But I did that one year. It's just not the same as going with the red. <laughs> well, red certainly is still always the most popular by a long shot. But, uh, yeah, mixed in. If you've got a big display of them, they're kind of neat. Um, but uh, something they were doing, I, I, don't, I haven't seen it lately much, is they were actually uh, airbrushing or painting some of the other colored uh, point set is with you know some glitter and different things and I i wasn't a huge fan of that but you know whatever it takes to make uh, you know the decor work the way you want it to work you can in uh, a christmas cactus we you know we we had customers uh, that had Christmas cactus that were several generations old that had been handed down from generation to generation so they're they're kind of neat from that standpoint is you can you could have a christmas cactus that's you know 40 50 60 years old
0: that's pretty cool yeah you could now none have ever survived that long at my house but you
1: could well that's the first generation's <laughs> got to make it work <laughs>
0: all right well let's get to the uh, phones The uh, calls are lining up at one triple eight seven that's one triple eight Rosie for you Taylor in Phoenix is gonna start us off good morning welcome to the program
1: good morning gentlemen how are you guys today doing well. Very good. I have a simple question. My wife and I are re landscaping our backyard, and we had uh, quite a bit of tractor work come in. and Essentially, we have a clean slate of dirt in the backyard. Um, we did not have any grass removed, there was just the uh, regular weeds from this time of year. And I'm curious, I really don't want to waste too much time or money regarding weed retention as far as fabric or plastic, but I wanted your opinion is it worth the time or money to put those things down? Uh, we are putting in rock in the backyard, and I just wanted to know the best direction. As far as the future-wise regarding weed weed prevention or retention, in in my opinion, no, it's not. Um, Simply from the fact that you can put the the fabrics down and then put the rock on top, and over the course of time, there'll be enough dust and dirt here in Arizona collect in that rock on top of that fabric that you will you will have weeds growing on top of that fabric. Anyway, so you're still going to have to use pre emergent herbicides or just be resigned to pulling weeds and getting rid of weeds. It's very hard to use a weed eater or a mechanical device to get rid of weeds if you've got weed fabric under that rock um, because you're snagging it all the time and pulling at it. Um, so I, I am not a fan. Of it, and if you had Bermuda grass there before, it'll grow right through it anyway. So, um, I'd save my money uh, and the aggravation. It's harder to work with. It's harder to make the rock cover uh, go on top of it. I just I don't think from that standpoint. Now, if you've got severe slopes and you want to use it to kind of stabilize. The slope and different things like that, then there there might be some validity to it. But I, I am not a fan of it. I think you're much better off using uh, preventative measures uh, like pre-emergent herbicides. You
0: used to see those fabrics going in on landscapes in about the 90s and early 2000s. I haven't seen a professional landscape job go in with that plastic underlayment. And well, you know, your dad will
1: remember back in the day we used just plain old black visqueen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a dumb thing to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we sold and used r- miles of that stuff under, you know, when, when rock landscapes were first coming in and, and, and those were terrible too. A green rock and white rock and <laughs> turquoise colored rock and, you know, all that stuff. Oh, what a disaster. <laughs> You know, we're talking about excuses not to go to work and growing a garden and all that. It reminded me of a scene from M.A.S.H. where, uh, you know, Colonel Klinger's always trying to get out of the Army, so he's always coming up with all these excuses. So he goes to Colonel Blake, and he reads a letter that his father had died, and this is how Blake uh, responded. Uh
3: Uh-huh. Here we go. The father dying, right? Yes, sir. Father dying last year. Mother dying last year. Mother and father dying. Mother, father, and older sister dying. Mother dying and older sister pregnant. Older sister dying and mother pregnant. Older sister dying. And And mother pregnant, (laughs) younger sister pregnant, and older sister dying. Here's an oldie but a goodie. Half of the family dying, other half pregnant.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
0: So there are your excuses, folks. (laughs) Starting to notice a pattern here. I hope
1: Romy's not pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let's get to surprise and bring Mary
0: into the conversation and see how we can help her. one 3 767 4348 That's one rosie for you. Good morning, Mary.
3: Good morning. Um, we were interested in planting a Hollywood hedge with ficus metidia. And we were looking for quicker results and maybe starting with a six to an eight foot uh, bush. How far apart do we need to plant those?
1: what's a Hollywood hedge
3: well just a hedge that like will block out a
1: wall oh so private okay privacy type hedge <laughs> yes, for, privacy. for for privacy' sake okay well you know ficus and ita get huge I mean you could plant them probably 10 or fifteen feet apart and they would they would cover but you know if you're wanting this to be something that achieves your privacy issues much more quick i would say four to six feet would would be okay. probably acceptable and uh just realize okay. that you're going to do you know depending on the size you want to maintain it at that you're going to have to do a lot of mm-hmm. pruning i if i could make another suggestion i would suggest something like sour orange or ornamental orange as opposed to ficus natita it's a more upright grower it doesn't get near as huge it grows reasonably fast uh and it's just a better better plant to be used as a hedging material or a screen than ficus nitida which is actually a huge a big tree very large tree
0: and as we've seen it's got a couple different uh Mm, what do you say? Uh, downsides. Well, we you know, if freeze. we have a
1: cold winter again, and people have already forgotten, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's
0: that new bugs ficus. <laughs> oh, they had a whitefly
1: deal. I, I haven't heard much about that. I don't know it's that it's been a it's, while. Yeah. I don't know that it's that 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 I would let that influence my. I would I would say the size issue and the the potential that you could have you know a lot of damage due to cold weather. Um, you know, we go a lot of years in between, but then when, when it does, and you and you're depending on that for privacy, and now that's gone, and it takes a number of years for that to to recuperate. You know, it's something to definitely keep in mind.
0: And you said a, a sour orange,
1: sour orange, mm-hmm. just old, just old sour orange. Where you you know they very popular back here in the fifties and sixties. Kind of lost its, you know, when we when ficus kind of made the appearance. I think it it took over, and uh, but uh, it's a very good screening material. Very, very, you know, just by the way it grows anyway, uh, leads it to be a better choice than something like ficus.
0: We appreciate the call. Thanks for uh, tuning in to Rosie on the House and joining the conversation. Good luck with the privacy hedge. We had a call here, our text, excuse me, from five two zero area code. <clears throat> this homeowner was given a three gallon live southern oak and planted it yesterday, but looking at it, I was afraid he may have planted it too deep and wants to know, do I just leave it alone or should I get down there and lift it up a little bit higher?
1: Well, if you think it's too deep, now is certainly the time to, to replant it. It's only been in the ground a day or two. Uh, you're not going to do any damage to it and it's going to be a lot easier. To, to get it propped up a little bit so absolutely go for it
0: most trees are <clears throat> planted too deep as opposed to too high
1: and a- that can absolutely freeze. and and really you'd rather have it if you if, if you had to pick it's better off being a little high than too low for sure
0: And the garden with Jay Harper, and you know something we haven't even hit on yet is winter gardens. There's some beautiful lawn, I mean, winter lawns. There's some beautiful mm-hmm. green lawns out there, and uh, it's it's our favorite lawn. And the kids always say, "When when do we get the soft grass back? When do we get the soft uh-huh, grass back?" Yeah,
1: <laughs> it, it, it certainly is much different than Bermuda grass. It it it, it mows differently. It you know it. Uh, it's soft, as you mentioned, you know, it's, it's, uh, I tell people it's, it's real grass. <laughs> <laughs> not a, not a Bermuda weed. <laughs> yeah. So it, uh, you know, and we've had enough cold weather now where you can tell the difference between the, the overseeded lawns and the, and the dormant Bermuda lawns are, have are gone pretty dormant in most places. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm of the thinking that if, if we get to the point where we have to choose, I would rather have the winter lawn, then the summer lawn, let the, let the Bermuda grass kind of do what it does in the summer and, you know, not worry. you know, you're not, the whole point of having a lawn to me really is not just to look at it. If you're just going to have a, something green out there to look at, then I think artificial turf is probably the way to go. If it's strictly cosmetic curb appeal, drive up to my front yard, have it look nice Artificial turf looks good, three hundred sixty-five days out of the year, without having to mow it, All you or fertilize. Do is take it. a blower and blow some of the leaves off of it once in a while. If if the purpose of a lawn is to have it for the dogs, the kids uh, to play games on, to to you know to enjoy, then when are you going to do that? October to May, most likely. Um, so. It makes a whole lot more sense to have a really nice winter lawn than to to fight, you know, and have a summer lawn. Besides, you know, what the last time I watered my winter lawn was
0: <laughs> about a month ago, and it probably looks just fine.
1: It looks it looks great now. If we don't get this storm first of next week, I will, I will certainly have to, and I may have to water it this weekend. But it's. That's the other thing about winter lawns. Once you get them established, germinated and established, that takes a little water in October because or, or, it's still pretty warm and you're trying to germinate it. But once you get it going, you know, most winters we get enough rain, you almost don't have to water it. There have been some winters I haven't watered. At and all? just
0: make sure you fertilize every six weeks.
1: Yep keep keep it fertilized and uh, you know keep it mowed and edged and and keep it well fed and you know only water as it needs it and you ha- you know you just have a a thing of beauty all winter that you actually can go out and enjoy. So there's my soapbox.
0: And it's something you can plant really any time of the winter as long as you can find the seed. The stores usually seem to run out about end of November, beginning of December, but. You could be planting that, uh, you know, and we commonly, uh, constantly are patching different areas that animals have torn up or whatever the case, and those seeds germinate all winter long.
1: Yeah, and that brings up a good point. Always buy a little more seed. You know, have a little extra seed uh, so you can, you know, do a little repair here and there.
2: And I don't think we can talk lawns here in the middle of the winter without addressing how many calls we got last summer about the infestation of spurge
1: you know and maybe there's a whole point maybe you just let spurge be your summer lawn
2: (laughs) (laughs) man i've that's not something you want to play football in. uh, (laughs) i've I've already called scosto weed control and i said look you're gonna hit me in january and you're gonna hit me again in march i'm done with this spurge overtaking my summer lawn
1: yeah, and so yeah, we have to think way ahead. Um, if you had a lot of spurge, and if you don't know what spurge is, I'm, I'd be shocked if you don't have some of it in your landscape somewhere. It's a it's a little it's a euphorbia, so it's milky sapped. If you if you pull it or break it, and you break the stem open, it's got a white sap in it. But it's very low growing, spreads, and and. The hotter and more humid it gets, the better it likes it.
2: And it takes over everything.
1: And it just it will
2: over dominate whatever you've got.
1: It has a million. It's just it's got the seed count is unbelievable.
2: And it's ugly.
1: It isn't to very boot. Pretty. Yeah, it, it isn't. It isn't that attractive. No, you're right. If if at least it had an attractive little flower on yeah, it or something, right. you know, could tolerate it. But it doesn't even have that. So the birds spread it. You see the birds out there especially the doves, they just love the seeds off of that. Uh, and so that's part of the problem. It's, so it spreads very easily. Um, so be careful if you're pulling it or mowing it, that you're just spreading the seed and then you're, you're just making it worse. So If
0: you're out there pulling it by hand, take a plastic grocery bag and, and put, it, put it, just it, straight it straight into it. Just it
1: straight into that. Yep. Yep. And probably the one of the worst things you can do is actually mow over it. Ugh. And just, you know, you're just, then you're just spreading the seeds everywhere. So, yep. Uh, so, yeah, for sure.
2: You could save yourself a lot of agony preparing for that summer surge right now.
1: Yeah. February, March would be ideal, but it wouldn't hurt to hit it a couple, especially if we have a lot of rain. Because one thing about the more moisture you have, the, the more it can shorten the length of the effectiveness of the pre-emergent. Good, good point.
0: Now, broadleaf, can I, I <clears throat> when you go to the nursery and you've got broadleaf weed killers for lawns, mm-hmm. can you take that granular and put it over uh, just bare dirt? I've got an area up by the house that's not part of the lawn, but constantly, for whatever reason, I think it's just the way the wind blows that always seems to settle here. and No matter how much pulling I do, you know, these broadleaf cheese weeds just keep coming back. Can I just take that? Same product, or do I need to hit that with a different? No, a
1: broadleaf is broadleaf, whether it's in a lawn or not in a lawn, it will work. Um, sure, sure. You don't you don't have to use anything different.
0: Okay, I didn't know if it needed that all that watering that the sprinklers do. you're talking about you're not
1: talking about a pre-emergent. You're talking about a (laughs) post-emergent contact herbicide, getting it on the the leaf of the weeds that are there and killing them. It will work the same way if it's in dirt as it as if it was in a lawn. So there are no issues doing that. Ragweed has is my new enemy. I mean that hmm.
0: if i if it starts, it spreads and those roots are deep and i have tried everything to to kill it and it just keeps coming
1: back. Really? That seems to the goats won't even eat it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's bad if a goat won't eat it. <laughs> eat about anything? Yeah, well, I don't know what to tell you on that other than the younger and smaller and more tender the foliage is on, on a weed, uh, the easier it usually is to kill. So try and catch it early.
0: Mm-hmm. The, and the lawn, in the back lawn, Roundup has worked very well. But when it starts growing into and around our edibles, that's not something I want to use there. And it just it, – it's prolific. It takes over everything. I, I'd rather – I know this. I shouldn't say this because it'll probably happen, but I'd rather have spurge
1: than ragweed. (laughs) Mm. I have not had much experience trying to get rid of ragweed, so I'll take your word for it. But if you tried the flamethrower on it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that works until it grows back. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just temporary.
0: That's a... Yeah. That's but it's a, more fun. <laughs> <laughs> Very satisfying just watching it burn, right. burn, burn, right. burn. <laughs> if you'd like to join the conversation, one 767 4348 That's one rosie for you. You can text questions to four one one nine two three 923 or email info at rosieonthehouse.com. And we do have uh, a couple callers on hold that will be screened in a moment. Jennifer just ran downstairs to get our guest for the On the House hour. So we'll go through a couple digital questions. This text came in. We were talking about lawn fertilizer and this uh, 623 area code, which kind of doesn't mean a whole lot anymore. It used to be very boundary-driven, but that cell phones have seen to change that. But probably more than likely somebody in the desert Maricopa County area. What do you use to fertilize a winter lawn?
1: Well, you can use a number of things. Um, when it gets colder... Um, Ammoniacal nitrogen, which is what a lot of people use, you know, ammonium sulfate or a fertilizer that has an ammoniacal nitrogen in it, can be a little slower acting. Um, So you might want to switch to something that has a nitrate type fertilizer in it. Turf Royale is the brand name that probably is most widely accepted, Um, but uh, it uses some ammoniacal, but it also uses some... Nitrate nitrogen. You can, you know, of course, if you want to stay organics, you know, uh, the farm's choice makes a good pelleted chicken manure fertilizer. And organics are going to be a little slower as it gets cold too, but they will continue to break down and will last over and work over a longer period of time than ammoniacal nitrogens will. So you're, 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 those are your good choices. Um, either, uh, you know, the farm's choice chicken manure pelleted fertilizers or, uh, you know, turf royale. You can't, you can't buy uh, the event in Oklahoma City a number of years ago kind of put the straight ammonium nitrate sales out of commission. But you can buy it blended with uh, other fertilizers and uh, and it works very well.
0: And that Farms Choice, you can find it in a lot more areas than it used to.
1: Yeah, if you go to the FarmsChoice.com our website, you'll see a number of places that are listed that carry the product. Um, we have several different products. They, they, they may or may not have the, the right one, but if you'll let us know, we'll make sure they get it to you.
0: Then this gentleman writes in, we're going to go south here to Catalina, uh, just north of Tucson, and wants to know what to do. To keep deer away, he has planted uh, five-gallon trees. They are Afghan pines, and the deer have already uh, chewed up most of them.
1: Well, um, you know, so a lot of people that plant trees in the mountain communities or the areas that have wildlife, deer and elk, will will fence the trees in with you know with the chicken wire type apparatus till they get big enough to withstand, you know, the the uh, munching from them. There are also some repellents that I understand are pretty effective. Um, there's some things that clip onto the branches of the of the plants. Uh, there are things you can spray around the edges that you know that are odor driven. Some of them are uh, have taken things like um, coyote urine or you know something that's a predator to the deer, uh, and so it obviously wards them off. Um, there was a movie a number of years ago. Um I'm trying to think of the name of it, about a guy that was a baseball player who coached the baseball team in Texas and he took went <laughs> to the <barber> shop, <laughs> the rookie and, <laughs> the rookie and got all the all the hair from the barbershop and put it out on the baseball field cuz the deer were eating the grass on the baseball I don't know if that works or not. <laughs> um <clears throat> blood meal will work against rabbits. I don't know why it wouldn't work against deer, but you can attract dogs and and coyotes that way. So, I, you know, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge. That uh, uh, sprinkler apparatus that you had at one time might work. You know,
0: that one is uh, – it was called the Scarecrow, and I've had a hard time with that one. It seems like the company ownership has been bought and moved a few times, and uh, they're not as easy to find as they used to be, but it was a motion-activated sprinkler called the Scarecrow, and you could daisy-chain them so you could yeah. put, like – three or four in a perimeter around from where the deer come in and every time that picks up that motion that you know i, I think you
1: can fairly affordably actually put a single strand electric fence uh you know using a car battery and you know electric wire and and do a little electric fence around your property for a while they can do them with solar little solar panel to recharge the battery you,
0: know, you can, see those at tractor supply yeah
1: yeah i don't think they're they're too terribly expensive, so um, you might even give that a whirl.
0: And then Bonide also sells one specifically formulated for deer and rabbits. It's called Go Away, okay. and it's a granular you could use as a perimeter. And it could be a combination of four or five of these. And you may and may take that.
1: Yep, you may take that.
0: I'm Head down I ten and pull into Tucson at Darlene's house and. As we're getting there, I've got a text question. We've got a listener who wants to know about St. Augustine grass. They put down sod in October. look good, but weeds are coming up. Can they put weed killers? Is St. Augustine going to get killed as
1: well? Well, St. Augustine's one of those that you have to really be careful what you use on it. Um, it's very sensitive to herbicides. So, boy, read, read labels very carefully. And always be careful using herbicides on a newly planted lawn. If the weeds are not too terribly bad, I would just probably recommend, you know, going out and pulling so, them.
0: There you go, Aunt Karen. Send Bob out there to pull out those weeds. We're going to bring Darlene into the conversation. She's got an arugula Good selection. Exercise.
1: <laughs> Good exercise. <laughs>
0: Hello? Yes, ma'am.
3: I understand that's absolutely fantastic as a, a one of the toppings on pizza, what they call wild rustic arugula. Also, any of the um, milk-based soups that you might add little chunks of cheese into once you uh, finish cooking them and, you know, you don't want the little chunks to melt down too much. Anything that the Mexican people would throw in there is greens, what they call quelites, some of the wild yard greens, also the wild rustic uh, ar- arugula would do very well. Jennifer?
2: Jennifer, did you catch all that?
3: I'm taking notes right now.
2: Okay because Darlene's okay, responding. Also,
3: I wanted to ask, um, um, I'm hearing things delayed across my radio.
0: <laughs> well, um, listen to the phone, not the radio.
3: <laughs> i got to shut the radio off to talk to you, I guess. <laughs> anyway, um, also I wanted to know, because I haul water, I tend to favor plants that can make it through at least times a drug between the the rains. I do plant things like an open end uh, horseshoe planting wells where the open end faces up the mountain. In all the spots, the little rain rivulets run. But uh, that grape soda bush was once discussed on your show, and I'm crazy about a plant called peppermint cypress. Is there anybody can tell me if they might be at all low water or any more about those two plants?
0: I'm sorry, I don't know. There was was cypress?
1: Peppermint cypress. I don't know what peppermint cypress is. I apologize. Don't know it.
0: So, Darlene, we'll take both of those plants. We'll do a little research and connect you with the local nursery that might grow them or have them here locally. Where
1: is she she calling from? Tucson. Okay. She might try, you know, obviously Mesquite Valley Growers or Harlow's or Rolito or the Magic Garden, some of those folks down there, and, and run that by them. They may be more familiar with them in that region
0: I like what she said about having the horseshoe style garden faced uphill so that when the rain runoff yeah. it comes down into her garden, sure very nice she's really thought yeah. it out
1: when you have to haul water you <laughs> probably get yeah, you very that out. very creative as to how to use what you got and and, uh, and take advantage of, of what Mother Nature provides and thanks for the arugula
2: suggestions Darlene Jennifer noted those down and since it now has proven To be the one plant I can grow in the garden, I'm going to need all the suggestions I can get.
1: Arugula on pizza is awesome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
2: Next Saturday for this
0: uh, first two hours of the broadcast, we'll actually be live at the Arizona National Livestock Show. Jay, you actually helped us get connected with this.
1: That's a you know a big national <laughs> livestock show that hits the valley you know between Christmas and New Year's every year been since 1984 on. I had no idea it no, no, been no, going no. on Way that long old, no 1948 yeah 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 sorry did yeah. I say that backwards 80, 84 yeah 48 <laughs> so a lot longer than than uh, most people realize over at the fairgrounds so if you're looking for something to do um, between Christmas and New Year's. Twenty-five hundred exhibitors, three thousand animals from
0: thirty-three different states, competing in ages from eight to eighty. And in the farm experience area, they have <clears throat> mutton busting, tractor pulling, and goat roping. I think I'm going to enter Roxy into that and put Remy in the mutton busting. Very fun. There's there's even an adult goat roping. I think if I end up entering Roxy and Tinley into the youth goat roping, they're going to make me they do make the adult.
1: <laughs> They've added a kind of a fun deal. You might be interested to this year is is a, a working dog competition oh
0: nice i'm gonna bring both of mine and say this is what you're supposed to do watch <laughs> watch and learn
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that could be fun <laughs>
0: that's next weekend at the maricopa county uh, it's the state fairgrounds the state fairgrounds right which is i-17 and i-10 well, intersection the, basically grand
1: and mcdowell yeah you know we're sick what we used to call six points so grand mcdowell and 19th uh-huh. avenue all come together so yeah
0: Call it, and there's a lot of six points along Grand, but that's the main six point. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's the original.
0: McDowell and I-17. Well, thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us, Absolutely. Jay. Anybody that's looking for the Farm's Choice, again, it's farmchoice.com, and you can find where Great organic website. chicken manure,
1: fertilizer. All over the whole state. You bet. You bet. And Merry Christmas to you all. Merry
0: Christmas to you. We've got uh, Urban Shed Concepts is joining us in studio next hour for our On the House Hour. We're talking storage solutions for your home, castle, or cabin and what a uh, outdoor storage unit could do for you or uh, all the other purposes you could use an Urban Shed Concept.